So, for people that don't know you very well, you you do um, this dog, which is kind of like frisbee for people that haven't heard that term before. Yeah. Also, you have an assistance dog, so you know yeah. that's an interesting thing to talk about as well because I know yeah. that you you post a lot about. You know, I saw your post recently about you know not being allowed on the train and stuff like that, and for a lot of yeah. us, like we haven't experienced that. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people would assume that you know if you have an assistance dog that people would just let you on as they should. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, which, which bit do you want me to talk about first, the assistance <laughs> dog stuff or this dog stuff? Because I'm, I'm warning you, as soon as I, I get into one, it'll be a long spiral, downward spiral. And then <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start uh, off with this dog then. Yeah, this dog. Okay. Um, uh, what was the question again about this dog and... Uh, basically how I got into it and all of yeah, that yeah, jazz. Sure. Yeah, sure. So let's start off there. How oh, did you get God. into this dog? Oh, wow. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Well, obviously, um, I got bets, and I got bets actually in the last year of uni because, as you do, you get a dog in your final year. Um, and uh, it was quite interesting because I've always wanted to do dog sports. I've all, uh, always wanted to do dog activities. And uh, although, um, of course, she is my best, best mate, uh, first and foremost, it was, uh, I was thinking, yeah, it'd be cool to do so, actually do some sports, actually work, uh, do actual stuff that, you know, working breeds are supposed to try their hand at and do. And so we went down to our local obedience type puppy classes type thing and the head trainer there um uh, he he was all right but there was a couple of um assistants that were a little bit old-fashioned and they sort of looked down and said oh yeah yeah you're not gonna get anywhere with uh, fluffy methods so i was thinking right okay i'm not gonna hang around here um so uh, basically, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I want to try agility, but she's not quite old enough to do that yet. Um, so, out of sort of desperation, I finally saw um, a pre-agility class, and it was quite funny because um, the agility trainer obviously gave me loads of information, loads of homework to do on the first night um, at Bet was completely flawed when she came in of course and uh, what I noticed was quite a few of the international agility agility trainers um, uh, they also competed in disc and I was thinking how have I never heard about this before you know had you had, you had any experience incredible before? yeah because uh, you had the had you had experience before because that's quite a brave thing to do you know when someone's telling you that hey these fluffy fluffy methods aren't going to work and you're like well you know what i'm just not going to come here so had you had experience before what yeah yeah i mean to be honest uh with my older dog um uh, with my old dog as a kid, Archie, um, he was your typical fat uh, yellow lab, and I grew up around police dog handlers. So I actually, uh, shockingly probably to a lot of people, come from a lot more of a compulsion-based uh, uh, background uh, because obviously when you're 12 years old, you luck a bit and you luck at police dog handlers like using uh, chokes or shock 
collars or gundog trainers using it and you think oh um it's working i i should do that that's how they do it as you do when you're a kid if you look at someone uh who's older than you and you think they they know better and you are copy what they do and to be honest even when i was younger even though uh, when i was younger i was using more coercive methods it still didn't feel right, okay, um, uh, but of course, you go along with it, as you do, because everyone tells you, you got to be the alpha, you got to be the pack leader, all of that jazz, and before, uh, before I got bets, um, obviously, it had been ages and ages um, since Arch was a puppy, and uh, obviously, uh, he was put to sleep when I was about 21, and uh, I had a year in between him and Betsy, um, so I was thinking, right, okay, obviously, things have probably changed since I had my old dog, how can I, um, uh, how can I make things better, because uh, one of the things that he did, uh, he did do, he was a absolutely shameless being a proper Labrador um, counter surfer food stealer you know he, he did have the best recall and he didn't really know how to retrieve and he, you know all of these things and you and, think and also, right okay you know, yeah. it's, it's worth saying as well you know when people hear yeah. that you do discs dog they're probably envisioning yeah. you having like a border collie you know yeah. like a um, yeah. but Betsy isn't isn't like she isn't a full collie. Yeah, um, she... I say to people, it's quite funny because um, I say to her, she looks probably more working lab like, but she's uh-huh. definitely got the collie brain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's and, and uh, she loves. <laughs> and that's also going to put yeah. people off. So if people don't have a border collie. Does yeah. it apply to them, or you know? Have, is there anything they can do in this dog? Hell yes. Um, any. Any breed, really. Um, we're very lucky in the UK. As the founder of the UK Dog Association, we work on a slightly different uh, mark scheme, if you like, for our freestyle routines. Now, over in the States or over in European countries, it might depend on just maybe the, the throws alone or also there's extra points added for height or you know people feel the pressure to do more high impacted moves whereas i'm saying to people here in the uk you don't actually have to do that it's about yes you do get points for successful catches yes you do uh, also get points for uh, something very unique I feel which is the partnership between the dog and the handler team so uh, people know that they can play to their dog's strengths or they can they know what their weaknesses are and they know uh, what their dog's great at doing and uh, what their what their partnership maybe isn't as fab at doing uh, but they can use it to their advantage because I say to people you know uh, when people look at this dog they think oh they think the high the high opt saying you know flips the vaults the um, uh, really high impact stuff but actually flat work and groundwork done really well with great flow can look so much better than a really poorly executed vault and actually into our organization the team would get marked a lot higher um, for working within their capabilities in that moment and time because they're putting their dog's safety and welfare first uh, and that is 
great. And I think there needs to be more of a emphasis on that in general in dog sports, Certainly, if I'm because... completely honest. Um, we are actually proudly as well. Uh, we are uh, the only organisation, to my knowledge, that is out there that actually allows reasonable adjustments for dogs, okay? Because we get that there will be people that maybe don't have dogs with the most severe issues, but they'll normally be put off by competing, so they're not brave enough. And we almost need to give them a little bit of a comfort blanket to say, you know, guess what? You can do it. If you bring a toy into the ring, you can do it if you have a sausage in your pocket. You can do it if, you know, if your dog's a little bit reactive but recovering and doing really well and uh, we're able to give people a... um, uh, someone at entrance or someone at exit just to make sure the dog's not going to bolt out the ring as much as possible and uh, likewise there's dogs that with sound sensitivity really want to do freestyle that might be great at freestyle and uh, but unfortunately that the sound of uh, the loudspeaker or sound of the music or sound of the audience might put them off and uh, you know that's something that we can say to people to put on your entry form so we can put it on low volume and instead of asking people to clap at the end if we've got any spectators it's just ask them to do a silent thumbs up it's just tiny tiny little things like this that can make all the difference to whether someone feels confident about competing in the future it's very often it will take only one or two of these experiences and think why did I actually ask for all of this to be in place? I don't actually need it. Uh, you know, our partnership's really good. We've come a lot further than actually we think we have. And uh, just to allay any um, fears of people, just, uh, <laughs> you know, um, uh, me allowing, you know, uh, dogs that have, like, maybe <laughs> hospitalised someone into the ring or anything like that. It's uh, It's about, you know pretty minor issues uh, that people are working through um, and just giving them that opportunity to show them what they're made of basically Um, does does that make sense Um, yeah so you've you've covered covered, like so many things there so yeah um, the the jumping up and the the, like big uh, explosive movements I definitely think that that's one of the biggest criticisms of probably most dog sports in, yeah. at the moment now we're becoming more aware of um the damage that can be done to dogs yeah some people are saying hey you know should they be doing these big yeah. movements or should we be asking yeah. them to do that i mean so. i say to people it can very much the depend on the dog um, like anything to be honest because there's gubby dogs that naturally do find jumping twisting really easy they've been confirmationally made for it um, they're really fit they're healthy they've got really good body awareness this is another thing I put so much emphasis on body awareness you know uh, people often you know that they'll probably come to a disc dog uh, workshop sometimes and then they'll be like why is she getting us to balance on all these weird and wobbly <laughs> things because i say to people i would rather your dog make a mistake three foot off the ground than five to six foot off the ground if they're on you doing the backstop because unlike agility we do uh, obviously we do groundwork we do pre-disc uh, disc skills we do body awareness um uh, we do lots of um, splinter skills as we call them 
But bodies are weird. Humans are weird because we have different postures. We wear different clothes, okay? We're in different moods. We might have different footwear. We might, um, you know, lean to one side uh, <laughs> when we do one thing and then lean to the other and the other. And we're never exactly going to be the exact height, the exact out angle that maybe a constructed agility obstacle might be so it's all about preparing our dogs if they do if the handler does choose to go down the route of teaching um the more high impact stuff that they're able to do it in a much safer way um because a lot of people and you know rightly so um i would never criticize anyone for being concerned for the welfare of dogs um i absolutely totally get that point of view um uh, but i feel that this dog yes it can be high impact but it is no different to any other high impact dog sport there's agility people twist not people twist through weaves oh god you, you wouldn't want to see me <laughs> run through weaves that'd be a yeah you know, i would definitely enter hospital. something that people regularly do with this um, dog, really. Yeah, yeah, we actually have um, uh, we actually have a couple of um, dog physios actually um, uh, uh, doing this dog with their dogs. We have canine massage therapists. We have um, uh, we actually have someone of. Uh, a vet nurse doing it with her dog and uh, someone actually who um, is specialised in orthopaedics for dogs as a vet so and whilst the biggies as well is obviously um, we do lots of demos and competitions and uh, stuff like that but on one of the biggest shows that we do is the National Pet Show and also Dog Fest which is of course um, under Noel Fitzpatrick and I always say to people if the super vet is letting us do this, <laughs> okay, you can't get more qualified than that. Well, uh, well Ruby, you know, Ruby, I, I heard that you caused yeah. a bit of havoc, didn't you? Yeah. Dog vest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh. Uh, um, uh, so, well, that's the story worth telling. With the yeah. was it was it a herding person or someone oh, doing a herding yeah, demonstration? Or? Yeah, it's uh, you know um, I have to say normally I'm quite impressed, obviously <laughs> because normally they've got it right. Uh, I know a lot of positive trainers that also do um, uh, the likes of dog fest or other big events. Um, and normally they get it right. It's lovely, you know. We've got really good camaraderie between trainers. Where you know uh, we often know each other as friends. But uh, yes, it was a hurting person, and unfortunately, I'm not sure whether it was supposed to be the the original one that they've planned. And when I saw that going over the antenna, uh, not the antenna, the PA system, what? I can't even talk. That's always promising. Um, I was like, actually, I was actually just came out of the ring and I'd just got bets to drink water and I got myself a coat from the cafe and I heard it all come out. And I was thinking, oh, bloody hell. Sorry. So, so for, people that didn't, yeah, yeah. for people that didn't see that. Yeah. What uh, was what was this person saying? What were they doing? Well, I'm not going to name the person. I'm not no, going to I name wouldn't. the person because we have always been there, okay? Everyone's got to learn 
eventually Certainly. and everyone's uh, you know i was crossroads for trainer i used yeah, to think too. that you know or telling people you've got to be the pack leader telling people you've got to be alpha you've got to use pressure you've got to Absolutely. show them these I did all of that as well. you know every you know unless you know any different you're gonna do it and it's a big i think as well culturally as well in different dog activities still ha- it's some still have a little while to go and i have to say on the second day i wasn't uh, a bit more impressed with this lady because um she didn't use any um uh you know dominant based or pack, <laughs> pack leader type um uh, vocabulary shall we say and put a little bit more emphasis on placing the dog and i thought actually for that to be done over 24 hours credit uh-huh. to her credit you, to did, her for taking that feedback yeah yeah um i i talked to the welfare person and uh, obviously because as trainers we we often uh, you know we work hard to get a certain message out there to, and actually um i know because um i just think uh, the, the advice initially that was being given could result in, you know, a bite, worst case scenario. But actually, again, I have to give credit to her for actually listening, taking on uh, on board that feedback and acting on it. it. You know, she didn't, you know, as far as I know, she she didn't, you know, fur right paddy or anything like that. At least she took a step back and she listened. And, you know, uh-huh. I, uh, I have to respect her for that. And it's little steps. I think people are very easy and able to give um, our plus our uh, to dogs and you know reward them when they're getting it right but actually you know to spread the message we've got to do it to people as well and uh, you know there's a big culture there's uh, out there of you know really hammering people down when they get things wrong and you know i'm not an angel i've done it i'm not i'm not going to say oh look at me i'm I'm miss perfect you know i I get bitey too. It's it's fine, and so does everyone else. But at least we get to a point where we can look back, and hindsight is a great thing. And you're able to say, actually, are we educating that person? Are we making them more defensive and more likely to turn in more extreme of that direction that they were initially in? Because mm-hmm. if that happens, we're not doing our job, and that isn't best for dog. Uh, that isn't best for dogs. Okay, so uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling on. It's something I feel very passionate <laughs> well, I about. <laughs> the territory talking yeah. to you, Ruby. Yeah, <laughs> well, we knew that. We know, know what you're like. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I completely agree. You don't want to alienate people. Yeah, um, that's just gonna. You know, it's just gonna. It's not gonna hurt. It's not gonna help. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so with this UK Disc Dog Association, is that something that you created? Yes, yes, I created it. I initially uh, created it with another person who since isn't involved anymore um, because we had our differences in the way we wanted the organisation to go. And uh, also a biggie for me um, wasn't just necessarily the competitive side. It Obviously, competing is great. People love to win prizes. People love to get ribbons, etc. But I felt very, very strongly we needed an association in this country, especially when people are wary of this dog, 
that is going to put welfare and training methods first okay you know people uh, people laugh at me because even that you know other fluffy trainers other force free trainers but they laugh at me because uh, you know it, <laughs> I, I i say to people i'm an uber unicorn fluffy not so i'm trying to win some sort of competition uh, may i add just because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of dickishness or knobbishness. I don't <laughs> want to do that to other people or dogs. It, it, you know, it, you don't want to be a dick, you know. Hashtag D-bad, shall we say. So, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, um, yeah well, I, say th- I say that with a random impulse buy of a unicorn sat next to me. It's pink and fluffy. How, how else do I tell you? Uh, that's interesting because like we were just talking about you know you don't want to alienate people so you're you're kind of like you know it's a thin line isn't it between you know trying to make sure that uh things are heading in like a more positive direction definitely definitely but also not alienating people that maybe are still using harsh methods because at the end of the day if 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 people are going to come round, then it's going to be yes. by being exposed to people that are doing things differently. Exactly. And I must say, uh, the best way, guys, is I know there'll be loads of force free trainers out there that say, yeah, but humans should know better. Yeah, okay. They should. They should. They should know when they're being a dick. But, okay, if that is the only way that you know, or the only way you can see to solve an issue, okay, because no one else has shown you that it's possible with anywhere else, anything else, can you truly say hand on heart that you never made that jump, that you never had that moment of thinking, actually, there is a way where I can do this without being a dick to my dog. Uh, A big light bulb moment for me, actually, was actually I used to be a member of a... um, a forum before Facebook forums, 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 mm-hmm. um, and I remember there being a big debate about training methods. And when uh, uh, when I was still a member, you know, I was trying to justify, you know, the use of jokes, the use of I, I cringe now. I really do. I really cringe. But and I remember this lady who was very, very patient with me and was just talking to me. Well, actually, we don't need to do this anymore. You need to check out Kiko Pup. Oh my God, that was like the the turning point. And I was sat in front, I think uh, this, this probably sounds really, really pathetic, but I really don't think I slept that night because I was sitting there watching YouTube videos and YouTube videos of more and more uh, of these exceptionally well-trained dogs. And I was thinking, you know, she's got Collie, you know, she's done it with Chihuahua, there's even Manimal on the channel doing stuff. And I was thinking, right, okay, that this is my evidence that, you know, it can be done. And I say to people as well, we, we can learn all we like, but I'd say to people, don't hate, educate get out there at events show what your dog can do okay because you know we make videos that's cool oh it's awesome and i love making videos i need to make a summer video um but actually going out there and talking to people about you know and showing what your own dog can do i mean i'm not saying that you know betsy's perfect or you know we haven't worked for our own issues or anything like that oh she she can be a cheeky bugger at times and i, I can be a shy handler at times oh sorry i'm 
swearing a bit too much. Uh, you should put you some You can swear on there. this, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but I think everyone has that light bulb moment. And I guess what I just say to people, um, dealing with people that just haven't had that yet, uh, or maybe they're in a very frustrating situation with their own dog and they can see no way out of, you know, using more aversive methods. And I would just say to them, they just haven't had their light bulb moment yet. And we've just got to... Uh, shape people uh, as much as we shape dogs to be honest you know because being a knob to people it drives them in the other directions uh, people uh, you know don't want to work with you people get defensive uh, you know people feel criticized and as soon as that happens you've lost them okay um, but uh, one of the biggies that I do on my distal workshops for instance is uh, when I do when I am faced with people that are using different training methods to me what are the biggest challenges I say to them right okay and I do this anyway and say right just take your dog off the lead okay and uh, you know we're, we're going to try and do this without you having a physical thing connecting you to your dog okay so the the dog it's got to be hands off because um if the dog's off the lead obviously uh they can't be on the long line or a lead being dragged into certain positions like uh, you might see in some have-a-go rings in agility i i get there are some brilliant agility trainers i know several amazing agility trainers uh but i also that's another thing that i, I feel strongly about that we're with disc we have to introduce people properly correctly safely to engage them and promote the sport in the in the in the right way and uh, that that's uh, something i uh, i actually get um emails from people several times a week of different events saying can you run a have a go uh, area for disc at this event and my answer to them is no uh, because i feel very responsible for whoever you know works for me whoever learns under me and whoever i learn off as well because I, I want people, if they're getting into it, to do it properly and have the time and the one-to-one -one attention to make sure they're, do they're doing it safely and they're not putting their dog at risk. And I get people will say, well, they see your displays, they'll try it at home. At least at the end of my displays, I say, I say, look for your nearest instructor, okay? I get people would say, oh, yeah, but you've done um, stuff on the TV. People see agility dogs and hear what music dogs off the TV, but it's uh, you know it's just try to be sensible and as responsible as you can about it, and just don't do anything stupid, basically. Yeah, because that's, that's yeah. interesting. Because with yeah. this dog, you know, yeah. anyone can go and buy a frisbee. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they can go to the park and then try to, you know, do what they want to do. Yeah. And play with their dog with a frisbee. Yeah. So. So what you're saying is don't go out and buy a Frisbee just yet. Get booked yeah. on with someone that can show you how to do it properly yeah. because it it will benefit the dog more or there's less yes. risk of injury. Or... Yeah. I, I'd say like any dog sport because like with agility, anyone that, you know, I did this as a kid, you know, you get two chairs, get a broom in the middle, you know, you stick some uh, bamboo sticks in the ground to make some weave poles, you know, you, you nick an old table that you've got and some ramps to make a makeshift A-frame. A -frame. People are going to do that. I get that. But... 
if uh, you know if they are getting involved in a dog sport i say try to find someone that can teach you the fa- uh, foundations responsibly and our equivalent to that with the uk disc dog association is our instructors okay and we have them in uh, you know from scotland to devon to northern ireland the isle of man uh, we have some in essex we have uh, some in the midlands now i'm saying to uh, people that yes Yes, these uh, these people instructing, including myself, they might not be actively competing internationally, but we've got to start somewhere. And these are people that I have met personally myself. I've spent a uh, you know a good time around. I've seen how they teach. I've seen how they work their own dog. How they talk to other people. Um, are they able to um, do the mechanics safely? Are they able to teach soft skills safely? Um, because you might have 110 throws that look really sexy and cool, but if you don't know how to, you know, safely introduce your dog to, say, body awareness or make sure it's not just more pure obese in the first place, disclaimer, I'm not a vet. Um, I would also advise anyone getting it who's unsure about this dog or has safety concerns is to talk to your nearest, uh, to talk to your nearest UK disc dog trainer and also your own vet because they will know your dog as well and know what your your dog is physically capable of and whether, you know, it would be a silly thing to uh, make your dog, I say make your dog, um, uh, trying to force a, a dog to do this dog doesn't really work. You do have to have them uh, going a bit crazy to <laughs> to do it and want to do it. I say you go get like anything you get if you dog wants to do it because it's getting paid like as humans if we get paid you know we're a little bit more likely to to work so we find uh, find it a little bit more reinforcing but uh, oh i'm going on a proper tangent again i'm sorry Nick. so is this, is, this, yeah. is this dog at a higher level in different countries and if so what countries Oh, wow, wow. Um, well, I'd say the US is a biggie, okay? I would say other European countries as well. Um, we've got, um, obviously, Czech Republic is a, a, a big one. Poland is a big one. Germany. France is actually starting to become a bit of a big one as well. Um, Belgium, you've got, I think, Austria as well. It's literally mm-hmm. all over. And I say to people, you know, especially in the European countries as well and the US, it's like sometimes the sport actually has more of a following than agility, obedience, and hear what to music all put together. So I say to people, if it can be done, in other countries, I see no reason why it can't be done here. But I get that people are wary, and I get uh, that I think uh, the reason people are wary of this dog is because a few years ago, about five years ago, I think it was now, maybe even six, might be six years ago, but there was actually a novelty dog show um, uh, ran in the east of England uh, a little while ago and uh, they had you know best sausage catch they had most handsomest dog and they had highest frisbee catch okay so uh, as far as I know it was a dog a Joe Bloggs off the street now don't get me wrong what I'm about to tell you is horrendous it is mm. absolutely horrendous I've and I feel for the owner I feel really, really badly for the owner, and uh, I re- feel badly for everyone involved. 
But the reason this has caused so much controversy is what I'm about to tell you is not this dog, okay? It's, um, uh, you know, there was a highest frisbee cat. It went high, the dog caught it, twisted, and it had to be put to sleep. So rightly so, everyone, when I'm saying dog frisbee, is like, oh, that's the one where you knack a dog's back and they have to be put to sleep. All right. Yes, well, uh, that wasn't actually this dog, okay? That was a class in a novelty dog show. Do we know that the instructor had, uh, do we know that the judge had any experience of instructing this dog? Do we know that the uh, the dog involved was fit and healthy? Do we know that the dog involved had ever done any dog sports before or had any body awareness or any um, prior conditioning to be able to do that. Also, why are they judging it in a highest frisbee catch? Because that isn't this dog alone, okay? Um, especially in this country and also other countries, you'll notice there are three main games, okay? Ours is, for, you know, we have free disc, which is like freestyle in other countries. We have jump disc, which is like frizz agility in other countries. We have throw disc, which is also like toss and fetch in other countries, okay? We don't, one of the categories is not called <laughs> rob the frisbee as high as can to see what the biggest jump that yeah, you dog can do. And it's rather people. like people get in worried because, you know, a dog dies because they fall off a really steep a-frame that's been done at novelty dog show and they think what well, highest a-frame or cpc <laughs> a-frame or you know the dogs are or like we could really wind up the bike sports people as well we could say the the dog that's uh, spent the longest time on the sleeve and bit mm -hmm. people and oh wait it's bit enough of human instead of you know doing any bike sport training and impulse control and teaching it properly and anyway i'm not an expert on bike sports so i won't get into that run or anything like that um but it's about treating it properly and respecting the sport respecting the dog as well and uh, knowing what getting into and rightly so people are wary because that happens but i say to people that is not this dog you know like how highest jump is not agility you know longest track of jumps is not flyable okay um you know, I, I, I hopefully I'm making myself clear now. I'm just thinking of other ridiculous type uh, explanations. Yeah people, yeah, people mess around and, yeah. and you know do silly things, and and that's not a reflection on the sport. Yeah, but I don't know how much that affects people's. Uh, view of disc dog that particular incident. Yeah. I've never heard of it. No, no. Well, that is, I think, if I remember rightly, uh, don't quote me on this, but this is what I've heard, okay? It was a kennel club show, okay? And I think some litigation was involved. And uh, so rightly so, um, you know, the sports that are, you know, promoted by the kennel club seem to be the more uh, more po uh, popular ones so you know people know about obedience people know about agility towards music um rally even you know, working trials even and but when you say disc dog you know people think what's that what's that, well, at, that one point, into, ruby, yeah, yeah. at one point ruby weren't you looking to kind of do something with the kennel club 
Yeah. And it, it, it kind of fell through, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And again, the reason I got back is because it, uh, this dog, we had no rules against um, uh, ex, uh, what the Hewitt music community um, deemed extreme moves. And actually, in the, in the disc dog world for freestyle, they're actually quite conservative uh, as well. And, uh, you know, it's like anything I say to people, you know, if you try to do it in this dog with a, a dog that wasn't suited, didn't have the prior training, wasn't confirmationally correct to be able to do certain moves or do certain catches or do certain stuff like that, um, they wouldn't get high marks. In fact, they get grossly marked down because uh, they'd think, well, this uh, this person's obviously putting their ego before, you know, the dog's welfare. However, that said, if there was a dog that was finding it and it, you could tell that almost no effort was required. And this is, quite frankly, you know, when the dog's on the walk, it's probably going tree climbing, um, <laughs> you know, which is probably more admittedly uh, more dangerous than probably what they're doing in in this dog or similar um you know again it's uh, you know it's about just being sensible and i think uh, people are wary because it's new and i think there's lots of people that think of all these you know times where it has gone wrong like but i say to people things go wrong in agility um However, do we ban agility? Do we, you know, or do we think, okay, that's crap that that's happened. That's that's shocking that happened to that poor dog and that poor handler. How can we make it safer? Okay. What, what moves did they yeah. want to? What did they move? What moves did they, they didn't want to specify? Restrict? They didn't uh-huh. specify, and uh-huh. I said, you know, I put it. Do you right feel up. like there are any moves that shouldn't be done? It, you know, what's safe for one dog? Uh, isn't always safe for another dog, but I think it's unfair to penalise those partnerships that can do it safely, that can do it with low, that can do it because of the dog's fitness and body awareness. But what I don't want uh, to happen is just because a dog might find it more natural, uh, like able to do it naturally, that uh, the more high impact stuff, is I don't want you know, the low impact stuff to be forgotten about. So that's why we have uh, in the judging, uh, uh, in how we judge free disc is one of the things is about uh, the general partnership, the creativity of the partnership. So if you know, okay, that you might have a more larger breed that won't be able to do all like the flips and vaults and stuff safely but you've uh, done some really hard flat work patterns but actually not all your dog's paws have left the floor was they've done it but it looks really flowy and looks really nice and then there's a person that's just trying to look all with a uh, say they're Aussie but hasn't taught it properly well the uh, the person with the giant breed who's worked well within the dog's um, capabilities has used their strengths and has been creative will get marked far higher than the person that's got a massive ego and not so, so their what, dog's uh, So welfare. what are the different categories and okay. what do they mean? Okay. Like you've mentioned free disc. Okay, you, so like... free disc is the one uh, for, for the layman, I'm saying free disc is the one uh, to music, basically, and it's all about basically doing freestyle moves for your dog. 
um, and uh, showing that we we market in this country on how many successful catches. So that can be in flight. It can be rollers as well. So if you choose even just to roll discs on the ground, that still counts. Um, another thing that we can is something called a tip, which is where the disc doesn't fall completely on the ground, but it sort of wobbles halfway. And the dog can still get a couple of points for that, not full, uh, not full marks, uh, but they can get some points for it. The other is the creativity of the partnership, which is not a binary thing that they're judged on that will depend a little bit depending on the discretion of the judge because everyone's different and everyone has a different um uh perception on what's uh, creative but also uh, everyone i would believe who would be judging would also have a good element of common sense so i don't think that the the creativity of the partnership would be marked that you know differently from uh, a different uh, a different judge that was judging the third one is quite funny and a little bit different but we actually mark on audience appreciation as well and we always say um that the judges wanting to mark on audience uh, appreciation uh we say we would prefer them to have a background uh and a proven background in um another dog sport so say like a or obedience or hear what's music or tribal or dock diving or you know search and rescue or herding or anything like that because I think it's good to always have another perspective on things and I think we can always learn from people in different sports I think there is a tendency for people within dog sports to get very polarized and very uh, uh, blinkered about tunnel vision about their sport and I think you know I love this dog I don't get me wrong I am a crazy obsessive I'm a crazy lady fine dogs yay but I'm also a dabbler. I, you know, I do agility. I'm, I'm a crap handler. My coordination is zero. It's a medical miracle how I can do this dog. I, I still haven't got my head around that one yet. I get to the third jump and I'm like, yes, I've actually accused a judge of putting out a fictional obstacle before because I haven't been able to find it. Um, so yeah, Betsy Street Fred sort of goes through the ground when uh, we do agility. Uh, we've, uh, you know, uh, I say to people there are things that I've learnt from some great agility handlers and trainers there are things uh, that I use in uh, our body awareness and general foundation training for this that a lot of great obedience handlers have taught me um, you know there's also uh, things that I've taught in DISC that um, I know great flyball handlers and trainers have taught me as well. So we can take nuggets of the things that we really like, we think are useful, like anything, I suppose. And you think, yeah, that's great. I love that. How can we apply it to our sport? But then the things that you think, oh, I'm not so keen on that, or we don't think that's very appropriate for our dogs, or we don't think that will work, we just leave that behind, okay? So it's, uh, I sort of joke that disc is like the, the pick and mix of, <laughs> of the other dog sports, shall we say. <laughs> so so with uh, this disc dog association that you've created, yeah. is that, do you think that's through necessity that it was needed, or is it more that, hey, I would have probably done this anyway because I really enjoy running, you know, my own thing. 
Oh, God. I think it was a bit of a mixture, to be honest, because uh, we didn't really um, guess that it would be growing at the speed that it is. Um, I suppose uh, when people were starting to get into it, um, I initially thought, you know, uh, I was quite cynical. I was thinking, I'll give this a go. I'm not sure whether I'm going to get anywhere with getting this taken off. However, in the last year, it has grown interested parties-wise by 400% from New Year. From uh, like the first day of the New Year, it has grown from just under 300 to um, over like 1,100. And that is quite a big jump for a new sport, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have got people that sit on the committee that are, you know, they've, uh, they uh, might be interested in as well as UK Disc Dog Association, they might also have competed in Toss and Fetch, um, they might also be agility handlers, they might also be obedience handlers, they might be trainers, they, you know, we've got a really lovely mix of people from, uh, of course, I'm, I'm DT, uh, sorry, I'm DT and Pet Professional Girls, we've got people from the Jean Donaldson Academy of Dog Trainers, we've got people from the association of pet dog trainers we've got people from pro dog trainer as well and i i know people find all these organizations very controversial but again i think everyone you know we all have the same outlook on the spot and the same ethical outlook on how we want the spot to go and uh, we just try to learn from each other and bring what we can to the table to make uh, disc dog in the UK the best they can be and uh, the most fun they can be as well because as well as safety I think fun is a massive element and sadly I believe sometimes gets forget uh, forgotten sometimes in other dog sports and that someone and not only for just like reasonable adjustments and stuff um, to allow people to bring treats and toys into a ring. And people will say, surely you can't do that in a real competition. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to get uptight about it because you're doing it to have fun with your dog. You know, come on. It's uh, you're not curing cancer. You're not, you know, it's not, um, you know, a very serious matter. We're just throwing some plastic uh, and we're having fun and our dogs are having fun chasing after it. So why not, uh, you know, uh, why not make it more fun and as well as safe? Um, but, hey, um, I, I know um, uh, that all, <laughs> uh, that is probably um, different. Some people's outlook, I guess, if you get more competitive in different organisations, but again, I do believe that no organisation is perfect. There is always places where organisations can grow and do better. Um, we are very, very receptive to feedback. If people think that, you know, we can do things better, oh, God, yeah, it will definitely be taken on board and how we can do things better and uh, to grow and promote the sport in the most safe, ethical way as well. So, yeah. Oh, so George, I'm rambling topic. on again. <laughs> so changing the topic a bit, <laughs> what have your experiences been having an assistance dog and wow. kind of yeah. traveling around? And- yeah, well, as you know, um, obviously I do travel a lot to my job and uh, Betsy is 
like just amazing she is absolutely amazing without her i would not be doing nearly as much stuff that i do in fact i wouldn't be doing it at the end of the day um i don't know whether people know about my conditions but i'll give a brief overview to put some context uh, into it um i'm actually autistic um and which is uh, you know i guess a little bit unusual and uh, late diagnosis and all of that um and uh, i also have multiple poor which I joke that says to people, um, I'm, I, you know, some people are super severely affected, can't walk, can't speak. I say to people, it's like basically uh, if you're just a bit drunk, but 24-7. I have got accused of being drunk as well um, in supermarkets, despite having, you know, my assistant stock right next to me and uh, having to flash my A point to her vest and flash my disabled rail card to say, really, really, please don't worry, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, next time if i get if i get accused i think i might just uh, pick up a bottle of bollinger and just go along with the act to be honest <laughs> so, yeah but um yeah betsy is owner trained because it wasn't something that i realized i could do um uh, before i sort of found out about it um because obviously um i have uh, you know there are some great charities out there i'm not going to diss the ad uk charities i don't i'm uh, I'm not an extremist by any means. There are some great charities out there doing some great work for so many people, for so many partnerships. However, I do believe that if you have the skills, if you have the resources, if you have the time, the expertise, the independent help to allow you to achieve um, uh, a happy, uh, healthy assistance dog that's owner trained, why the hell wouldn't you do it? Okay, because yes, it is a big project, and yes, um, it took ages until I was happy that Bets was fully trained because it's not something that I've done before either. And uh, the type of stuff that she helps me with, her biggest task, okay, uh, that she does under the Qualities Act of 2010 uh, to mitigate my disability that would otherwise leave me at a severe disadvantage in everyday life is um, the fact as part of my autism and also severe dyspraxia and sensory processing disorder, I can experience overload, uh, sensory overload, which can actually cause things called meltdowns and also shutdowns which are much more common with me uh, are actually shutdowns so when people think of autistic spectrum disorders they think or oh, they think of the kids you know um, flapping their hands or uh, you know thrashing about um, in the middle of a supermarket actually um, it can go the other way if uh, it leaks out your body that's a meltdown and if it you in internalize it but you just can't go that's a shutdown and what can actually happen in that uh, situation is that you know uh, people are familiar with reactive dogs people are familiar with trigger stacking and going uh, over threshold okay so i joke to people i'm a reactive human okay so if i go out if i go to a train station or something you know some stations know me and i know members of staff they know me and betsy and you know we've we're frequent flyers so to speak and i know to plan to go at certain times of the day where it's less busy i know my routes i know my platforms etc 
But sometimes, you know, life isn't predictable and I'd be a little bit trigger stacked, you know, going traveling anyway. Um, but all of a sudden, like a delayed train or disruption or, you know, even someone talking to me in the station or something where I wasn't expecting it can be enough to just throw my brain over the edge. And for people that don't have a condition like it, it can sound completely ridiculous, but it is a absolutely terrifying experience because when you're do- uh, when you are shut down uh, i have it to the level that i can't speak okay i can't even verbalize that i need assistance i can't read anything it might as well be hieroglyphics i can't you know use any um simple items uh, to be able to get help you know people have said well what if you can't speak why can't you just text on to get some help or look at the national rail app i'm saying i can't do that it is like having concrete in your body just sitting there across your central nervous system blocking all the messages going to and from the brain completely going haha computer says no and when that happens that is absolutely terrifying and you can't do anything about it until you body just decides to basically have the blue screening reboot itself so this is where betsy comes in okay so like a lot of other assistance dog tasks okay i don't actually obviously cue her to be able to help me she has to use her own initiative so i can't say to her get help okay when i'm in that state you know i can't even do hand signals uh when i'm in that state um so she has to pick up certain elements of my behavior that i would have been doing and uh, to make okay right okay uh, humans starting to act a bit weird right okay i'll try and get on top of her so that's her first step is deep pressure therapy because uh, a bit like a a thunder shirt for humans okay is the heavy the heaviness can sometimes be quite calming and sometimes that'll be enough to get my brain together but sometimes it won't be at which point she'll be scrabbling at me to try and uh, basically knock me out of it sometimes that doesn't work um so she has to think right okay humans proper broken this time um and uh, so what i've taught her to do is stay with me and bark to get assistance okay because black dog barking you know um i it's something that i did uh, have difficulty with initially teaching her as a task because the general thing with assistance dog is they're seen but not heard um like the old attitude towards children uh, you know they've got a slot into everyday life and but actually um it makes more sense uh, to help me quicker that uh, you know she's able to sit there and bark and she has her assistance dog face on and she will only bark to the level that is needed to attract someone to come over so she doesn't come over and go like she does in like when she's doing this dog and uh, she's crazy uh, crazy beast when she does that is this something um, you help yeah. people with ruby sorry is this something that you help people with um it is something that i help people with who have similar conditions uh, to me it's not something that i 
specifically um, you don't run I, I don't run like an assistance dog charity or something like that but I have helped people uh, who are going basically supported people going down the same line mm-hmm. um, I have actually um, I do moderate on the assistance dogs and own the trained um, UK Facebook page as well a Facebook group which is lovely we've got a lovely team of um, moderators and admins with the same sort of ethical outlet and also the knowledge and experience to be able to help people as well because it's not a well-known thing i mean only trained service dogs out in the u.s is quite a common thing over here it's it's you know not so well known and the biggest uh, you know the the biggest um a challenge was obviously flying with bets as well because um, there used to be some guidelines uh, with the Civil Aviation Authority um, that said basically they had to be part of say an AD UK charity or the International Guide Dogs Federation. A lot of I've airlines, heard about this. yeah, I people started abusing yeah. it, didn't they? Yeah, sorry, you know, taking. I, I heard about this because there's been a few big stories where people have abused like the whole emotional support animal thing, yeah, and they're yeah. taking on like peacocks in the US, and like, crazy yeah. animals. Yeah, in the US, people have tucked the pee a bit, and it is people that sometimes don't want to pay to get their dogs even in cabin even if they're small uh, they don't want to pay to put them in the hold but there are dogs that are trained that are task trained and even emotional support animals in the u.s there are dogs that might help you know do- uh, people with mental health problems they might help them with fear of flying is a biggie actually um they might help autistic kids they might uh, help uh, you know different people with um uh, chronic pain issues that kind of stuff um and but they're not specifically trained to mitigate a disability they're just they're supposed to be emotional support animals or or dogs in the u.s are supposed to be dogs that are basically well trained they're not going to cause an issue and they're going to help the person out but not in a way that they are taught just by their presence Yeah, yeah by their presence in the uk our we have a bit of a gray area in the uk because i was actually challenge anyone um who says oh it's really easy to fake a dog onto an airplane um in the uk getting a legit assistance dog team even i have friends that um are into ad uk charities and even that is hard work um so for uh, owner trained a legit team in the uk is bloody hard work i tell you um when i went to northern ireland and this was only a domestic flight okay i started all my pre-booking in uh, with her about seven and a half months in advance because i could not afford for it to go wrong um i didn't want to get to the airport be like right you can't you know she can't take you you know because airports are busy places as well um with people that have uh slightly differently wired brains they are um somewhat trigger stacking as well so are planes so are unfamiliar places that you're going to so i said it was absolutely imperative of course that she comes with me as she does to any place and so uh, ruby yeah um, how do how do people get involved with the disc dog association right and okay how, how do people find you 
um, you know, if they want to get involved with this dog, or even if they just want to send you a message about yeah. the assistance dog stuff and, okay. and and get your views on that. Okay. Um, so the this dog stuff, I would say your best bet is there's a Facebook group called the UK Dis Dog Association hyphen in brackets. Air Sharks UK, okay? So that is the main group. If you type it into Facebook, there's about 1,100 people in that group just to make sure that you've got the right one. And so that might change. With, yeah, indeed. If well, they're listening to this yeah. in like three but, months, it, yeah. it might be 10,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there might be millions, basically. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, look, look, for a pit, look for the one that might have a picture of a crazy black beast flying at the top, okay? <laughs> and uh, you know, you're on to a good one um, I would say um, uh, assistance dog wise whether it's assistance dog or a trained assistance dog um, uh, there's a really really good group called assistance dogs UK uh, sorry assistance and service dogs UK owner trained and that's the group that I'm in we you know we do welcome and any uh, any uh, assistance dogs it's not just owner trained dogs uh, we all get along it's fine we're not saying no you can't join our club or anything like that but there are some brilliant really knowledgeable people we've got some uh, trainers that do train for um, uh, ADI or International Guide Dogs Federation but likewise there are some brilliant um, independent guys and independent trainers and likewise we've got lots of contacts with um, uh, canine generated independents which are absolutely awesome not-for-profit organisations and uh, you know uh, they they're helping to support people to train their own assistance dogs when they feel that they need a little bit more support and knowledge and help from the independent side of you um, but they still want to go down that route but they just need a bit more help and support and assistance to be able to do so and uh, obviously that helps because obviously you've got some uh, standards that people have to adhere to so if they're going through them they can't just uh, put a vest on their dog and hope for the best although uh, individually trained teams um, I would think that if you see a dog I'm I mean dogs aren't robots dogs can have bad days like humans assistance dogs aren't angels okay there they can be uh, they can have silly days where you know they might be a bit trigger stacked as well and uh, they they might go off the rails slightly but if um, a dog is consistently showing that you know it's not ready for public access or the, the the owner is just letting it you know pull on the end of the lead sniff about and uh, uh, bark and uh, you know snap at people or you know generally being that uh, it might be a dangerous to themselves other people the general public or of dogs um they're you know obviously uh, they might know a they might be a fake but b also there might be someone who generally does need that support but just needs that support to train their dog to do it properly so i would never encourage people to go on a, a fakes witch hunt um because Absolutely. i don't think that's constructive there might be someone with invisible disability or even a, a more physical physical disability and they just haven't found the right person to help train their dog yet and uh, the dog might be doing a lot of stuff to already help them but that situation that day just was too overwhelming and 
obviously it's not good that that's happening on a regular basis, but I would say that is generally the exception rather than the norm when it comes to owner-trained teams. Um, yeah, uh, most teams seem to have their head screwed on that I've met anyway. So, um, yeah, indeed. Well, great <laughs> talking to you, Ruby. No problem. No problem. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and All enjoy right, the we'll weather. Wrap it up there. You've got nice thanks, weather Ruby. as well. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thanks for coming on. No problem. Bye. Brilliant.